Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 46,131. The greatest podcast there is, the greatest podcast there was, and very possibly the greatest podcast there ever will be. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter. Jeffrey Cavanaugh on Facebook, if you want to follow me on there. Alongside my co-host and the greatest college football mind that's ever been born, Dane Brugler. Enjoy the podcast while Dane's here because an NFL team's going to take him soon, and then that team's going to get good, and uh, we won't have him anymore. So good morning, Dane. Good morning. Appreciate the intro. Yeah, you're welcome. I like to build people up. Yeah. It's my job. Uh, where do we want to start? We got probably a handful of games from over the weekend in college football world that we got to talk about. We probably only have a handful that we got to preview, and I got tweeter questions. Okay, well, let's uh, review a, a weekend that we thought might have been a little light, but I don't think it disappointed in terms of uh, impressing us with uh, some action that maybe we didn't think was going to happen. You look at... Disappointed if you picked Lamar Jackson to win the Heisman. Yeah, well, okay. that, that took a little bit of a hit. I mean, last year, uh, Louisville lost that game, but I felt like that helped Lamar Jackson's Heisman candidacy, where this year, Louisville didn't win the game, and... Now, all of a sudden, his uh, Heisman candidacy has taken a hit. But really, the biggest takeaway from that game, I think, has to be Clemson. Um, has to be they're a legit title contender again. You know, I think we, you know, not me, not just me, not just you, but a lot of people thought they'd be taking a step back this year. Uh, you lose Deshaun Watson, you lose Mike Williams, Jordan Leggett, Wayne Gallman, uh, so many defensive players. Uh, including you know Ben Bullware, you know heart and soul of that defense. You just figured that they would take somewhat of a step back. You know, it's not be a, a mediocre team, but be maybe a ten win team instead of a fourteen or fifteen game, uh, win team. And you know what they did on the road Saturday night at Louisville really showed that they have the talent to win it all again this year. Credit to Kelly Bryant, the quarterback who is coming in and. I don't think Clemson fans are missing Deshaun Watson all that much because Bryant's doing a heck of a job both with his arm and his legs. Um, and the the targets that he has to throw to with Renfro, uh, McLeod, uh, Deion Kane, uh, plenty of weapons there at Clemson. And then, of course, the story on defense. That defensive line, we, we talked a lot about Ohio State's uh, defensive line, how deep it is. They're deep at defensive end, but with Clemson, Ohio State doesn't have the interior that Clemson has. Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, uh, from all four of those starters will play in the NFL, uh, if not this year, uh, in two years. So uh, a lot to like about that Clemson defense. Uh, They showed up, and you look at the schedule the rest of the way, who's going to beat Clemson? Uh, Nobody. I think the answer is nobody. Well, I mean, look, Clemson always has a few stinkers. Last year against Pitt, they should have lost against NC State. So Clemson traditionally always has a few bumps in the road, and Deshaun Watson has been enough to get them over the hump in past years. Now, will Kelly Bryant or the defense or whoever be enough to get them past those bumps they have this year? Uh, At NC State will be a little tough. At Virginia Tech, uh, they still have Florida State. 
on the on the schedule, but with uh, DeAndre no Francois quarter, right? being out. But they don't play Florida State till like mid-November, so we don't know what Florida State will look like by then. Uh, so it, it should be an interesting uh, road the rest of the way for Clemson because uh, not that they have an easy easy uh, schedule the rest of the rest of the way, but it's hard to see someone knocking off Clemson. It, we could see uh, another playoff appearance from them. Forty-seven twenty-one was the final in that game, and Kelly Bryant, who you mentioned, twenty-two of thirty-two, three hundred sixteen yards, all career highs. Ran for a touchdown. Um, he was awesome, and Lamar Jackson yeah. just couldn't get anything going. No, to your point, offensively, Louisville against Clemson's defense, it was just what a mismatch that was. So there's that one. Well, and Lamar Jackson, he didn't receive enough help uh, from the offensive line. That's what I like from his to hear. Targets. That's what I well, like to hear. My look, guy, my guy's good. It wasn't all on Lamar Jackson. We know that, uh, but. You know, with it drops, the offensive line not protecting him. Um, there, some of it was on Lamar Jackson as well. Uh, you know, he struggled at times uh, dealing with some of the pressure, uh, understanding, you know, where his outlet was. So, you know, it was not a perfect performance, even if he did have the talent around him. But uh, in terms of the Heisman, you know, that's that's a different discussion uh, as opposed to, you know, what NFL scouts are looking for. Um, I still think he's... Sam Darnold's a top quarterback for me. I think I still think Lamar Jackson's right there, you know, two or three, or you know, he's right there in that mix, trying to trying to figure out where he's going to be. Uh, but in terms of Heisman, I definitely took a hit. Now the next game, I have two rants today. Okay, I, I've prepared two rants. One of them is for the Florida Tennessee game, and one of them is for the Texas USC game. Which rant would you like first? Um, I've heard your Texas one, so let's do that one first. Okay, Texas USC. What was the final score? There was, uh, there was it was 17-17. They went to double overtime, so I guess it was 17 and 31-24. Like, I think it was 27 to 24. Okay, yeah. That's going to that be my guess. Uh, I don't like coaches. That's how I'm going to start my rant. I don't okay. like coaches. I think coaches try not to lose games. I think sometimes they don't try to win games. If I'm Texas... And you can give Tom Herman in Texas a lot of credit for being in that game and getting overtime with you. 17 and a half point dogs. Yeah, yeah. You can give him credit in a minute after I'm done with Tom Herman. Tom! Are you serious? You got to overtime on the road against a top five team with one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the country. They scored. They kicked an extra point. You scored. Go for two! You're on the road. You have nothing to lose. They are better than you. You will not beat them if you keep going possession for possession. You know... Count your blessings. You got to that point. Your team survived against an awesome team, and you had an opportunity to line up on the two-yard line, and if you get two yards, you win the game. Now, they could have scored on their next overtime possession. They could have if they Mm -hmm. didn't fumble, but they did. And, you know, you could have beat USC if you have a play in the playbook to get two yards. You beat a top-five team, but you wanted to just trade possessions with USC in overtime? No! You play to win the game. I heard that somewhere from a coach one time. Coach Edwards, maybe. Ah, uh, so I don't like that that coaches do that. If I'm a if I'm a massive underdog and I'm on the road, I'm going for two. Yeah. If I lose, I lose. But I don't have anything to lose. I'm Texas. People think I'm terrible. I'm going to try to beat USC on one play from the two yard line. So take that, Tom. I don't think you're wrong with anything that you said because you're right. Being such big dogs on the road, uh, going up against a Sam Darnold led offense. Yeah, just try to end it right then and there. Uh, you know, your quarter, your freshman quarterback, uh, that's a lot to ask on him. You know, you have one play, but, you know, I... I Statue of Liberty, baby, let's go. 
I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I'll say it that. But I do think Texas and Tom Herman deserves a lot of credit for what they've done just the last two weeks. I this is a team that gave up fifty plus against Maryland, uh, a Maryland offense that uh, is okay, but they're not fifty plus point uh, a game good. So you held USC to thirty something less than you held Maryland. Yeah, and it was. Low scoring throughout the game, uh, and Sam Darnold, he had his NFL throws, but Texas also made him, forced him into some mistakes that uh, you know he, he's going to make. And so credit to this Texas defense for stepping up. I, the Malik Jefferson, a linebacker, uh, I tell you what, when he guesses right, he looks like an all-pro. Oh, is he a guesser? I, I think he's a little bit of a guesser. Uh, but when he guesses right, he fills the gap, and he creates tackles for loss. Uh, he's a very stout run defender. Uh, just making sure that he is keying on the right, uh, reading his keys correctly, and is he a, guessing is he, right. Is he a first rounder? I know a couple of years ago he was a top ten guy, but that's flashing and athleticism. Right, exactly. I think he's more of uh, like he, he's kind of like a Raekwon McMillan type, you know, where I think he's better off as it's a day two pick. Yeah, like a second rounder. I think he'll be a solid pro, but I don't. I'm not taking Malik Jefferson in the first round, but you know what? After it's all said and done, and we find out the draft class. Maybe he will be one of the top 32 players. Uh, but he's traditionally a guy I'd look to get in the second round. Um, you have to look at uh, the car dealership, Puna Ford, in there at Nose Guard. Puna? Puna Ford. I like that. The Nose Guard who— It's like a Kuna Matata. He's he's all of 5'11", maybe, but he's 300-plus pounds. Those are my favorite Nose Guards. Well, he uses that natural leverage to his advantage. You get underneath, underneath blocks, that quickness, uh, really, really— uh, Awesome game for him. Probably his best game he's ever had uh, at Texas. And so, you know, that size, when you're 5'11", not many 5'11 nose guards in the NFL, but uh, I, I think there's a place for him. He, he's got a lot of talent there. Holton Hill at corner did a great job. So credit to his Texas defense, what they did. Sam Darnold, uh, he's just too good. Yeah, he did make some mistakes, but that jump pass, uh, that first touchdown he had to Deontay Burnett, I mean, when you go back and watch that touchdown, when he threw it, Deontay Burnett wasn't even looking at the ball. Uh, just the chemistry they have, Sam Darnold's anticipation as a passer down the field, uh, it's why, to me, he's, he's the clear favorite to be the number one overall pick. Okay, Florida, to ten- Florida and Tennessee, a couple of teams that were ranked, what, in the 20s going into that game? And it's 20-20 to 20 with, it was either 9 or 10 seconds left. That's a bad game, too. And Florida needs 63 yards if they're going to score a touchdown. With a redshirt freshman quarterback. And credit to that dude whose name I don't know off the top of my head. Give me the quarterback's name. Felipe Franks. He bought time. He's running around, and he throws a 63-yard pass for a touchdown to beat Tennessee with no time left. What? (laughs) There's 10 seconds left. Sure, if he throws a 5 or 10-yard out, they get to run another play, whatever. You let somebody behind your entire defense with 10 seconds left in the game? That's bad. Like, everybody just called it a Hail Mary. That's not a Hail Mary. No. A Hail Mary's thrown into a crowd. Yeah. That was in stride behind your entire defense. What are you doing? That was bad. Because, I mean, what is – if you're a defender – no, for, you know, and you know what? Forget the defenders. That's coaching. There should be three guys back there. Right? Like, maybe you start them on the 30-yard line. They were like, so hey, Maybe they could get into field goal range right. and get out of bounds. Well, maybe. They but, knew they, he wasn't going to throw it to the end zone. Right. You know, like, or that's what they, they figured. They didn't think you would get it there? Right. And the receivers, they didn't. It's not like they had four wide and they all ran streaks and go routes. I mean, it was it was not a traditional Hail Mary. And But once 
Franks got out of the pocket and bought himself some time, that's when the receiver, credit to the receiver, because he kind of saw that and kicked on the Jets and you know went straight for the post. And man, quarterback made a great throw. I but I, behind yeah. the entire defense, with you 10 can't seconds you left. can't let it happen. No. You can't. Somebody has to be back there. No. Anything else out of that bad game? It was a bad game. No, it was a terrible. It was game. a bad football. I mean, game. Cre- I, Kelly, the running back for Tennessee, that dude's a beast. Uh, he carried Tennessee's uh, offense. They, they're not even in that game without him. He's he, he's outstanding. Uh, kind of was in the shadows the last few years. Now with Kamara gone, Jalen Hurd gone, uh, he, Kelly's really able to take over. So eager to see him more, some more during the SEC schedule. Um, that's yeah, really all. I don't want to talk about that game. It was such okay. a bad game. Well, I have one more game if you want to talk we about it. We got a few more. I mean, LSU, okay, Mississippi well, I, State. That's the one I yeah. got. I mean, 37-7 to 7, Mississippi State. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Mississippi State's supposed to be terrible unless they have Dak Prescott. And, you know, they to me they weren't real yet because weeks one and two you're talking about beating Charleston Southern and Louisiana Tech. But you play LSU and you win by 30? Okay. Yeah. You're on the map. And, Hello. Uh, I don't know. I think this is a, a case of LSU being – a name brand team, you know, I mean, we think of LSU, we think of a strong run game, we think of a, a explosive defense, and LSU has well, a few of those components. They got a running back. Yeah, they have a few of those components. Well, they run out the most generic quarterbacks I've ever seen in college. I know. I mean, when you, the last, how many years, and Zach Mettenberger is your best quarterback you've had? Yeah. That's not good. Uh, but credit to Mississippi State, because their quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald, guy's a dude. Uh, what he, does that mean? He's a dude. If however he wants to beat you, he's going to beat you. If he wants to use his legs, if he, he can run over you. He can use his speed. He can outpace defenders. He can use his arm, and that's something that has really developed for him over the last uh, two years, uh, becoming more of a passer. Where he has arm talent. Uh, before he was kind of just a strong-armed kid who uh, could you know sling it 100 miles an hour and push it downfield. Now he's throwing with placement. He's throwing with anticipation. He's throwing with timing. And that's what beat LSU was the decision-making of Nick Fitzgerald, when to use his arm, when to use his legs, uh, going through his progressions. He's making whole field reads out there. Uh, he's not just going to his first target. Uh, you know, He's checking down. He's looking uh, and reading the coverage. So credit to Nick Fitzgerald and his development. Uh, credit Coach Mullen and what, getting his quarterback and his team in a position where they can beat LSU but not only beat, but dominate them. So uh, really, really a fantastic uh, outing for Mississippi State. Eager to see them this weekend against Georgia. Uh, kind of the battle between the best team in the SEC, not named Alabama. Okay, and the only other thing that I would note from the weekend before we can get to whatever else you got uh, is the TCU win over SMU. It was my first time to really look at uh, Cortland Sutton, the wide yep. receiver from SMU. And, of course, he had one catch for zero yards. TCU did a nice job shutting him down. But just watching him play, like, he's got really good size. Obviously, he didn't have catches, so it's hard to evaluate what he did there. But just watching him run around, he he looks like a plotter. Like He doesn't look like a route runner. There's a lot of Laquan Treadwell there, uh, the good and the bad. You know, he's, he's a big, strong athlete, plays like a power forward out there. Uh, but... He's not a burner. He's more of a four, five, seven type of you know forty yard dash type of guy. Um, That's the kind of guy that now is going to scare me forever. Like and, if you're going to be a size right. guy that doesn't have the speed, like if you're a, is he a winner at the catch point? He's a catch point dominator. Right. That kind of guy, unless you have everything Des has, like I'm kind of scared of you. Laquan well, Treadwell kind of worried me now. 
And I, I'm eager to see how Mike Williams does. It was right. a top 10 pick with a charger. I mean, injuries are playing a part into his rookie season, but eager to see how he does. But route running is a big part of it, too, and that's where Cortland Sutton really needs a lot of work. Uh, he's not going to create his own separation right now. Uh, you, you really like the tools, but there's a lot more that goes into playing the position, obviously. Uh, so Cortland Sutton... You know, if I had to put a grade on him right now, do I think he has a chance to be a top 20 pick? Yeah, I think he has a chance. I think right now he's more of a top 40 pick, you know, a guy you look at in the in the second round uh, because of those issues. You know, we'll see down the stretch if he's able to show any improvement. But TCU will be the best defense that SMU plays this year. That was the biggest challenge. And unfortunately for Cortland Sutton, uh, it did not go well. And TCU's probably a part of the game I'm most looking forward to this coming up weekend, but I guess we'll get to that after we finish our recap and we hit the Twitter questions. Yeah, uh, one other game I want to make sure we talk about is Oklahoma State and Pitt. That Oklahoma State offense, man, it keeps humming. Was it 49-0 at half? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, and Pitt's not a great team this year, but they're not an awful team either. I mean, they're, they're middle-of-the-road ACC team, uh, and they couldn't do anything to stop Oklahoma State. It's really, I mean, and Mason Rudolph, he's going to get a lot of love as a, a top five pick, a top ten pick. I don't think he's that. I is think that, that offense, tell me this, is that offense um, Baylor-esque? Now, yeah. Baylor's a little different. It, I feel yeah. like NFL teams, at least Baylor may be different this year, but so hard to project guys out of Baylor because what they do is so limited at every position, but the offense worked in college. Right. Is Oklahoma State that far? Because right now Mason Rudolph is destroying college football. Right. It, it's it's not quite Baylor. Um, I think it's closer to, um, you know, like Mike Leach type offense where you spread them out and then you just stress the defense vertically and horizontally. I mean, you just, you, you have these dudes at wide receiver, I mean, James Washington, McCleskey, Aitman. Uh, Oklahoma State is loaded with wide receivers who can play and you just stress out the defense with these guys in all different directions. So, it's a well-oiled machine at this point. Uh, really tough to slow down. I think the Oklahoma State offense really hides some of Mason Rudolph's flaws. What are they, Dane? Uh, well, I, he's got a good arm. Not a great arm. A good, a good enough arm. Uh, but a lot of times you're watching that game, he had all day to throw. And then even when the Pitt was able to get some pressure on him, uh, you know, I, I do give Rudolph credit for improving his pocket uh, navigation. He's, he's done a, a good job improving his footwork. But still, he some of these throws that he's making, he's not going to have the time to make these throws at the NFL level. Uh, he's not anticipating where I want him to anticipate. So I, I still have some issues there. But James Washington, a receiver, man, he stood out. Uh, coming into the year, I thought— Is he a burner? Like, Do you think he's going to run an incredible 40, or does he no. just find a way to get open deep? Yeah, and he's for a 5'11 guy or a 6-foot guy, 5'11 and a half— he is very strong at the catch point. Very strong hands. Reminds me a little bit of like a Golden Tate, where it almost looks like a running back. You know, he's just kind of a built little dude. Uh, not a burner, but you know, a four four nine type of forty, uh, that type of athlete. And he can create his own separation. And then after the catch, uh, really where he shows up as well. So um, I, a lot of credit to that passing game. And then Justice Hill, uh, only a sophomore running back. Doesn't get enough credit for what he does. You know, Oklahoma State, of course, we're going to talk about the passing yards and the downfield game. But Justice Hill, what he's doing at running back, uh, deserves a lot more credit. That helps keep, you know, give Oklahoma State a little bit of balance and keeps the defense honest that, hey, they do have a running game when they do want to run the ball. Is there anything else from the weekend or are we ready for the tweeter? Um, let's see, we're talking about Cortland Sutton. You know, another matchup I was excited to see that disappointed was uh, Harold Landry. 
the Boston College pass rusher who's got a lot of Vic Beasley in him. Going up against Notre Dame, probably you know one of the best tackles he'll see with Mike McGlinchey. And I don't know what Boston College is doing, but he only played half the snaps. Okay. And it's not a injury thing. It's a we want to keep them fresh type of thing. No, you don't keep awesome players fresh. You like, don't that's keep, a Dallas yeah. Cowboys thing where they're like, yeah, we want to use we want to have waves on our defensive line until Demarcus Lawrence is healthy. Then he plays <laughs> all the snaps because he's better than everyone else. Landry is easily their best player on defense, and he played predominantly on passing downs. Uh, and I, it's hard to really understand it. But what year is he? He's a senior. Okay, so they can't hurt his draft stock to try to get him to stick around. Well, I I wonder if. Any part of it is they're trying to hide him a little bit against the run, so they don't play him on early downs uh, because he's not a big. Like I said, he's a Vic Beasley type of you know where he's not the the biggest or strongest point of attack type of player, and so maybe they're trying to hide him a little bit against the run because there were a few times when McGlinchey and Nelson, the left side of Notre Dame offensive line, just overwhelmed him, overpowered him, uh, nothing he could do. Uh, and so maybe that's a part of it. Uh, the coaches say they want to keep him fresh into the fourth quarter, but even in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame was running all over them, and the offense had no problem scoring. And you know, Harold Landry didn't have much of uh, they couldn't he couldn't really do anything to stop him. So I don't know. You let your good players play, uh, and so that that's something that we need to figure out more about. But uh, that that was a matchup that I was looking forward to see. That just disappointed, and then I think we need to talk about. Josh Allen, Wyoming. Uh, goes. How'd he do? I didn't watch him. It was bad. Oh, was it? Did he it play was, Oregon? It was a train wreck, yeah. Oh, that's right. I took Oregon and I laid the points because I don't believe in Josh Allen. I remember now. It's it's really tough conversation to have when you talk about Josh Allen because he's so immensely talented. He's just so undeveloped. And it's hard because I'm not. this is not an excuse, but he has no talent around him. Uh, the offensive line is not giving him any time to throw. And his receivers aren't helping him out at all. And so, at some point, I mean, the quarterback needs to step up and make plays. And, you know, I, I fully believe that. And that's on Josh Allen. Uh, but there is context that belongs when you anytime you talk about Josh Allen. So, it's a tough conversation to have. Um, I think the toughest conversation that NFL teams will have is what kind of value do you put on a guy like this who I think he can get better with proper coaching and talent around him but he's so young in quarterback years. Uh, what's the value on a quarterback like that? It's not a top 10 pick. Josh Allen cannot be a top 10 pick the way he's played. But is it late first? Is it mid second? I mean, where would you feel comfortable taking a player like Josh Allen? It's really, uh, I think, one of the big question marks we'll have between now and the draft. And one thing with him is he is a redshirt junior and he is expected to graduate in December. So Josh Allen is a candidate for the Senior Bowl. And if he does go to Mobile, that could be a big step in the right direction for him, going at, getting a chance to work with NFL coaches, having a good week at the Senior Bowl. That could help him more than anything else. So right now, very much a rough period for Josh Allen, uh, and what he did at Oregon did, did not help him. On the tweeter, tweeter number one comes from David. He said, rank the Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> did he have a better run than Adam Sandler? Uh, ranking him will be tough. I can run out some of his movies from uh, 2003 to 2008 when when Will Ferrell was in his prime, Dane. I say, well, number one's got to be old school, right? Probably. I think Talladega Nights is up there. Yeah. Step, now, Semi-Pro is his most underrated film. 
Some people hate on semi-pro. Yeah, I thought um, it was incredible. Uh, well, Step Brothers. I mean, come on. That's Step Brothers was really good. Top three. Yes, it is. Uh, so in his little five-year run, he had Zoolander, Old School, Elf, Anchorman, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, semi-pro. That's a five-year period. He's got other work, obviously, but that's all that matters. That's what I call his run. In the last 10 years, though, man, that's been rough. Yeah, but you got to let that go. I mean, like Adam Sandler hasn't done anything good since the 90s, right? True. So, yes, Will Ferrell had a better run than Sandler. I pulled Adam what's, Sandler's what, best run. What's his best movie, Adam Sandler? In your it's opinion. either Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison. Yeah. It's a two-man race. Bravo. And that was 1995 and 96, Dane. That's been over 20 years since Sandler made an awesome movie. Because after that was Wedding Singer, Waterboy, Big Daddy. Step down. After that. Big Daddy was good. Though. After that. All trash. Yeah. So Will Ferrell dominates Adam Sandler. He dominates him. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree. I mean, I, I enjoy you know, Fifty First Dates was okay, uh, but I mean, we're what stretching in the world here. Are you talking about? We're stretching here. The one where he brings all his comedian friends out to a cabin with their wives. That's oh, a movie. Grown he ups. Did. Yeah, yeah, that's a movie he did. I mean, I laughed a few times, yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. No, yeah. <laughs> so yep, yeah, Will uh, Will Ferrell wins. I guess old school. Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, top three. Wait, do we include Wedding Crashers in there? That was more of a cameo. Yeah, I, th- I think you could, but to me, Vince Vaughn carried Wedding Crashers. Uh, yeah. Owen Wilson was good. Yeah. Vince Vaughn's the best, like the conversation with the priest. Yeah. It's outstanding. He's out, he does outstanding work. All right, good question. Next question. This is going to be for you, Dane. Okay. This is from a guy named Brian Broadus. Brian, never heard of him. What college player rated mid to late first round? Right now has a chance to end up in the top ten by April. Mm, good question from a guy I never heard of. Yeah, uh, that is a good question. Let's see here. Follow that guy at Brian Broadus. Sounds like he knows his stuff. He does. Um, a few names: uh, Maurice Hurst, defensive tackle from Michigan. I think he's looked at as more of a mid to late first round pick. But I think now that he's a starter, now that he has a chance to really. Uh, step up as a senior. I, I think he has a chance to push himself into the top 10, top 15 area. I think that makes some sense. Um, and then Ronnie Harrison at Alabama. You know, we talk about Minka Fitzpatrick a lot, and with good reason. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the top five players for the upcoming draft. But the other safety, Ronnie Harrison, kind of gets a little bit overlooked. A lot of Landon Collins to his game. More of a strong safety. Oh, can't really cover. Well, more of a strong safety, uh-huh. no doubt. He can hit, and he's better versus the run, but he's also an athlete who can drop, and he can cover a little bit. And so I think there's a little bit of Landon Collins there. We could see Ronnie Harrison go from a guy that's viewed as more of a, a borderline first-round pick up into the top 20, maybe even higher. Uh, let's see. Jeff on Twitter said, Mason Rudolph talk would be sweet. I feel like we did that. Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Bunton says Dane's top five draft eligible edge rushers. Hmm. Um, I th- and we talked about Harold Landry a little bit. I think right now he'd have to be the top guy. You know, I don't feel great about it. Uh, Arden Key. You know, we didn't mention him during the LSU. We talked about LSU. Skinny man. He made his return. Oh, I mean, he doesn't, man. he doesn't look as skinny anymore. He, it looks like he's up to about 250, 255. Oh, that'll work. LSU will say it's 265. I don't believe that. 315. I need to see Arden Key play like someone stole his lunch money. I, I want to see him play like he's he, like he's just pissed off. And I don't think we see that consistently. Now, yesterday or Saturday was the first his first game back since, what, December? 
Uh, I mean, it was there was a little bit of rust there, obviously. Uh, so eager to see Arden Key now moving forward. Can he shake that off? Can he become that dominant player that I think he has the potential to be? Just don't see it on a consistent basis. I uh, see more flashes than we do uh, consistent uh, you know, saying that, hey, I'm the guy. Uh, Farrell from Clemson, uh, he's built. He's already built like an NFL player. He's got a good first step. He's strong. He's got a few different moves. He's got a spin in there. So I think Farrell's somewhere Shaq in the Lawson. top five. Huh? A little bit. It's Clemson, man. I, they just replaced they those dudes. Right, Kevin Dodd and Shaq Lawson, you're gone. Okay. You you guys replaced Vic Beasley. Now you're gone. Oh, we're just going to replace you with uh, Farrell and Bryant at defensive end and just beast. Uh, Sam Hubbard from Ohio State, uh, I think he'd be in the top five. Um, one more. Let's go with Bradley Chubb. Yes, Bradley Chubb. That guy's named Chubb. That's NC State, right? NC State. Yeah, he's in that Derek Barnett type of mold. We're where... gonna have two guys named Chubb drafted this year. That's pretty impressive. It is. It is pretty impressive. Pretty uh, awesome. I think they're cousins. Really? So, not many Chubbs out there, but yeah, both with two Bs. Two Bs. Yes. Okay, that's important. Uh, from at Fufalupagus on Twitter. You made that up. No, I didn't. Who will be your Jared Goff in this draft class? Winky face. Listen, y'all watching Jared Goff this year? He's going to make it. Jared's going to make it. And everybody's going to have to stop, stop talking crazy to me. He's going to make it. We're going to add an offensive lineman at some point in the offseason, maybe two of them, and we're going to work. We're going to work. Could be 2-0 and right now. Golf could, could be. be. Y'all didn't see him win by 40 in week one against a great Indianapolis team? The Browns are favored over the Colts this weekend. Yeah, that What does happens. that tell you about the Colts? That happens. Listen, okay. that's a really strong team, that Colts team, built by one of the greatest GMs of all time. My boy Chris Ballard's in there now trying to fix it. Like, oh, Ryan he's just looking around. Worst. He's looking around like, oh, no. What, what have we do? been doing for the last however long? Uh, who will be your Jared Goff? If that means your top quarterback, I think for me right now, it'll be between Rosen and Darnold because those are the two guys that I think just stand in the pocket. Throw. Did the you football. watch Rosen against Memphis? Uh, I watched some of Rosen against Memphis. Rosen's going to drive me nuts, I think, because there's a ton of talent, and sometimes I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? I with tell the ball? you who Rosen is. He's Eli Manning. Oh, then I'm out on him. Eli Manning's the most overrated quarterback in the history of organized football. Uh, he's he's Eli Manning because he has talent. I mean, there's no question. He throws a pretty ball, uh, and he's going to win you some games, but he's going to make some decisions that just make you scratch your head. Now, Eli Manning was good enough to win two Super Bowls, help his team win two Super Bowls. He's on the roster. Yeah. He was the guy taking the snap. He made some clutch throws that helped them win Super Bowls. There's yeah. no question about that. He got a ball stuck to a guy's helmet. <laughs> I mean, last night he made a really clutch throw, too, while getting destroyed. He just threw the ball up in the air, and a team, a guy on his team caught it. It hey, happens for Eli. Josh Rosen can be that type of player where he's uh, he's got a lot of talent as a quarterback, but it's just can he not make those bad stupid. mistakes you could say stupid. that really cost his team in the end? And that's what Josh Rosen did uh, against Memphis. Memphis, credit to them. Uh, Memphis has a quarterback. That dude was dealing. Yeah, uh, Ferguson. Who, and I, I tweeted before the game that keep an eye on Riley Ferguson because there's a lot. Of, he has a lot of fans in NFL scouting circles, and he didn't disappoint. He had six touchdowns. Six touchdowns, and I don't know what UCLA's defense was doing out there. They looked they looked, looked, looked bad. Um, but, yeah, Ferguson has some talent. And then Anthony Miller, Memphis wide receiver, he, he's he's a guy to keep on your radar. Uh, top five senior wide receiver who uh, could be, end up making some noise here as we get closer to the draft. Now, Will Greer is going to be my random guy. I'm going to be on Team Lam Lam. I'm going to be on Team Lamar Jackson. But Will Greer at West Virginia is going to be my random guy because just the couple games that I've watched him play so far. I'm a big fan too. Dude just looks like an NFL quarterback. 
Like yeah. I know a lot of times you talk about, all right, who has the size, who has the biggest arm, who has this or that. I watch that dude play, and I'm like, that dude's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. He's just he's placing the ball. He's accurate. He looks like he can read a defense. That's my dude. He wins games, uh, and he's uh, he's only a, he's a redshirt junior, but he's married. Uh, he's an older guy. A good chance he comes out after this year. Uh, and if he does, absolutely, he's a guy. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to be drafted, but. Uh, you know, I, I feel a lot better drafting him in the second or third round than I would drafting. I'm taking over Josh Allen. How do you like that? Yeah, you're not the only one that's probably going to say that. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on Will Greer. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, this, you look at this quarterback class and what it's shaping up to be. There's a lot of them. Sam, okay, Sam Darnold. Let's just it's just map out. It, this isn't you know the definitive top five. Darnold, Rosen, Lamar. I, Allen. Okay. Well, let's. Darnold one, I think Lamar Jackson and Josh Rosen are two and three. Okay, depending on what you value more, depending on if you have the cojones to take a Lamar Jackson that high, or do you want the more traditional pocket passer like Josh Rosen? Uh, and then after that, Nick Fitzgerald from Mississippi State. This guy is moving up closer and closer to the top for me. Uh, what he did against LSU's defense really sold me uh, with what he did as a passer, and that's different from what he showed last year, uh, that development. So this weekend against Georgia, watch Nick Fitzgerald, what he does against a very good Georgia front seven. Uh, he's going to put a lot of pressure on Fitzgerald. Can he step up and do what he did Do what he uh, did against LSU to Georgia? Uh, really eager to see that one. So that's four. You haven't named Allen, Greer, or Mason Rudolph. That's seven. Or Baker Mayfield, that's eight. How many NFL starters are going to come out of this draft? Well, okay, let's let's stay with the underclassmen for now. I think okay. you, you have a, another couple few. Josh Allen uh, being one of them. Uh, Will Greer's in that group. Six. Uh, I think Jarrett Stidham from Auburn, the way he's been playing, the way Auburn's been playing on offense. He rushed for like negative 180 yards the other week. He needs to go back to school. Uh, There's no question about that. Uh, Hopefully he does. And then with the senior class, who's the top senior? Is it Baker Mayfield? Is it Mason Rudolph? Uh, You know, could we see another one of these seniors kind of step up and take that crown, whether it's a Luke Falk who had a terrible game two weeks ago? Uh, I'd probably take Baker out of that group, I think. So would I. Right now, Baker Mayfield's my top senior quarterback. Mason like, yeah, Rudolph's behind him. he runs around him. all crazy, but he's not running around all crazy to he's run. He's got a stronger he's arm. He's running around all crazy to throw. He's got a stronger arm than Mason Rudolph does. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, neither Mason Rudolph or Baker Mayfield come from pro-style offenses. I mean, they both have a big jump to make in terms of the offense that they run now compared to what they'll be expected to do. But I do think Baker Mayfield, I mentioned this last week, that Jeff Garcia type of quarterback, uh, he can do something. With Mason Rudolph, I'm not as sure. Like I said, I think that Oklahoma State offense hides a lot of his flaws. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about Mason Rudolph. I don't hate him as a prospect. I like him. Just don't think he's a first-round player. Um, And then you have a couple other guys. I think that next tier, I mentioned Luke Falk. You have Riley Ferguson from Memphis, who we talked about. Uh, Mike White from Western uh, Kentucky is in that mix. So, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be commanding our attention uh, between now and the draft, and then especially when we get in the spring and these juniors declare and we figure out exactly what this draft class will be at the quarterback position. All right, previewing this weekend's college football, Dane, I literally only wrote down four games. Um, doesn't look like a great week. When Iowa-Penn State is the Saturday night That's ABC of, game, that tells you kind of... It's one of the it games is. I wrote down, unfortunately, is Penn State at Iowa. Hey, it's a chance to watch the best running back in the nation, Saquon yeah. Barkley. Go uh, get him. Against an Iowa defense that's got a uh, 
Some tough guys on. Uh, oh, they always got a whole bunch of big, strong, corn-fed country dudes. Josie Jewell at middle linebacker. He's one of them. Uh, and then Iowa, they have a running back tandem themselves with uh, Akram Widely and James Butler, who uh, are both draftable running backs. Uh, who uh, I don't think they're you know early round guys. Uh, Widely has played better this year. Give him a lot of credit, but uh, both those guys can play. So I got Boston College at Clemson at 2.30. If you want to watch Harold Landry, the edge yeah. there, go against Clemson. Mitch Hyatt, uh, Clemson's left tackle. I got TCU at Oklahoma State at 2.30 on Saturday, which to me is probably the best game of the weekend. Somebody's got to slow that Oklahoma State uh, offense down. Yeah. And just watching TCU early this year, they got as good a shot as anybody. That team is flying around. That's looking like a Gary Patterson team again. That, that would be an interesting game. Uh, can Oklahoma State... Put up enough points uh, on that TCU defense. That that's the, you know they TCU defense went into Arkansas and did a number on uh, an SEC team. Can they do that against Oklahoma State? They're just a tough team to prepare for uh, with Mason Rudolph and everything they do through the air. And then oh, we're just going to give it to Justice Hill and he's going to run all over you. So I I like Oklahoma State in that game, but I do think TCU's defense will give them a test. Only other game I wrote down was Mississippi State at Georgia. Six o'clock on Saturday, and, th- and that's what I, I mentioned. That to me, that's my favorite game this weekend. Uh, again, because of Nick Fitzgerald, who is a, a Georgia uh, native, wasn't recruited. Mississippi State was the only Power Five school to offer him, uh, and he's making guys look stupid for not uh, trying to recruit him. Uh, Georgia has that front seven. They have the two, two running backs I really like with Chubb and Sony Michelle. Uh, the freshman quarterback, uh, or if Eason's able to come back, the sophomore quarterback. Will that be enough against a tough Mississippi State defense? Either way, this should be a fun game. I think the both these. I think Georgia is the best team in the East, and I think Mississippi State is the best team in the West, uh, the SEC West, not named Alabama. So it should be a fun game there. And the SEC. How about C, you know CBS? They have. I'm familiar with CBS. They have the rights to the top SEC game every every week. Okay, and but they have to pick like a two weeks in ahead. And so two weeks ago, they picked to have the Alabama Vanderbilt game. Whoops. And meanwhile, ESPN sitting there thinking, okay, you're going to give us Georgia-Mississippi State? That's fine with us. And after Nick Fitzgerald goes to LSU and does what he, uh, did, what he did. Well, maybe, you know what? To, um, the enti- to the country as a whole, Bama might draw better than the better game. Even against Vanderbilt? And Van- maybe. Like, Vanderbilt's playing be- better this year. Uh, Coach Mason has those guys playing. Shermer, quarterback. There, throwing it around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach Cunningham's Zach fifth Cunningham year of eligibility. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look at the 330 games. That's when Alabama at Vanderbilt is. It's also TCU at Oklahoma State. I think a lot's going to draw a lot of eyes. Um, USC at Cal is going to draw a lot of West Coast eyes. So uh, that's uh, a little. I think CBS will be kicking themselves for taking that game and not the other one. All right. I'm done today. You done today? Hawaii at Wyoming. Let's see if Josh Allen, Josh Allen can do against a terrible defense. Okay, uh, so that's uh, who was it? That was it. Uh, that was it. Not don't know who was the uh, who was the old Hawaii quarterback who set records. Uh, Colt Brennan. Yeah, the great Timmy Colt Chang. Brennan. Timmy, all of them set <laughs> yeah. records. They still slinging it around or what? I don't know. Oh, maybe nobody in some knows. European league somewhere. Okay, Dane is done. He's gone loopy, everybody. So trust the tape is over for today. At DP Brugler is Dane. I'm at JC1053 on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.